Ever felt unwelcome in a yoga class? Or considered joining one but decided you didn't fit the yoga mold? Well, in this episode of the Puncture Night podcast, we're looking at how punk rock yoga encourages you to challenge stereotypes on and off the mat. Welcome back to the Puncture Night Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. Now, over the summer, I've got a new series called Puncture Night Summer Bites, which are short episodes that uncover the unconventional intersections of punk culture and health and wellness. From punk rock yoga and body positivity to the mental health benefits of punk shows and DIY health and wellness. This series disrupts norms, celebrates diversity, and advocates for an inclusive approach to health and well-being. When you think of yoga, what comes to mind? Designer yoga gear, calm, serene environments, or perhaps certain body types. Now, these stereotypes can create an exclusive environment that doesn't resonate with everyone. Some of the most common stereotypes are yoga is often misunderstood as a gentle, easy workout, meaning it's solely for women. And the truth is that yoga is quite invigorating. It's an invigorating practice that demands strength, stability, and concentration. It's an all-embracing discipline that can be practiced by anyone, irrespective of age, gender, fitness level. What's even stranger about this stereotype is that traditionally yoga was just for men. The second is that it's a hippies practice for the spiritually inclined. And this misconception is basically that yoga is only designed for people who live spiritual alternative lifestyles, which is far from reality. I mean, modern yoga is not tied to any religion or dogma. It can be a journey tailored to suit your objectives and philosophies. It's a universal practice and it's meant to welcome people from all walks of life. The third is that yogis are all vegans. Now, the stereotype associated with yoga and veganism suggests that to be a true yogi you have to renounce from animal products however yoga doesn't actually dictate that it doesn't dictate any specific dietary requirements or lifestyle choices but what it does encourage is for you to be uh, kind compassionate and ethical how you do that is your choice I personally have a plant-based diet due to my own personal beliefs about health and wellness and the environment and treating animals in a certain way. But you don't have to have that same view to do yoga. You know, you shouldn't let that hold you back from the benefit of the practice. Next is that you need to be good at yoga. Now this stereotype feels a really unhealthy sense of competition and deters beginners. You know, yoga isn't about performance or proficiency. It's meant to be a non-judgmental practice that encourages individuals to explore their capabilities and their boundaries. Yoga actually fosters inclusivity and it caters for all skill levels and experiences. Okay, number five is that yoga is expensive. The notion that yoga is a luxury and only for affluent people is really unfounded. This was one aspect of the uh, yoga in the punk rock yoga manifesto that looked to challenge. I mean, in the 90s and the noughties, it became commercialized and it was very much advertised as a practice for middle-class women. And that's what punk rock yoga was fighting against, bringing it 
back to the people so that people could benefit from yoga without feeling like they are having to take all the money out of their pockets. It has unfortunately got that stereotype that it's an expensive fitness or an expensive well-being practice, but it definitely doesn't need to be. There is something you need to consider though, both as a practitioner or a teacher, is that this is, you know, yoga has become a job for many people. People create yoga classes, courses, they are, they're doing it in service of other people, but they are also doing it to put food on the table. And so with any skill that someone has, again, I feel a little bit, well, with any skill that someone has, they should be paid for it. If they are sharing their knowledge with you and they are trying to make a living from it and they are asking for a certain amount of money and you see the value in what they're giving you, not from like their level of content that they're giving you, but what transformation you're experiencing, how you're feeling after you're doing it, then the exchange shouldn't just be energetic. I really feel that whilst there is an element of me that is disgusted with how much it costs to go and do a teacher training, not all teacher training colleges cost a lot of money, but it can be an expensive affair. People who become yoga teachers can spend thousands of dollars on training to become a yoga teacher. No, not always the case, but in the uh, circles that I mix in and the people that I know and the people I've spoken to and the research that I have done, it is expensive to become a yoga teacher. So to then come out of yoga teacher training very often without any business acumen, without any idea of how to run your business, you need to be able to earn money to basically pay off what you've spent, firstly, to become a yoga teacher. And so it doesn't mean that yoga needs to be expensive. Definitely not. There are reasonable prices. I really support the idea that the people who can pay should pay. And then the people who haven't got that wherewithal, there's a donation base or a sliding scale or scholarships and things like that. There are ways around it so that everyone can benefit and it doesn't need to be separated by money. I mean, at the end of the day, yoga can be practiced anywhere with minimal equipment. You can do free videos online. You can go to community or donation-based classes if you wish. There are options if you wanna practice yoga. The final one is that yoga guarantees a perfect body and spiritual enlightenment. Now, this stereotype idealizes yoga as a pathway to physical perfection and spiritual awakening. And in reality, yoga is a practice that celebrates imperfection and humility. It doesn't promise certain outcomes, but it does invite us to explore our potential and our limitations without judgment. Yoga also promotes honesty and acceptance of ourselves and the world as it is. It really is about reconnecting with your body and how it moves, bringing your awareness into your body and reconnecting with your mind, your mind, body and mind connection. Now, I do have a warning about this that I have learned the hard way. Yoga will teach you to become more aware of your body, your mind and your emotions. And this I have found personally to be a double-edged sword, meaning you will experience pain and suffering and learn to look at it objectively. You will also learn how to put yourself in other people's shoes, seeing the situation from a different perspective. Now, I don't want this to put you off yoga, but it is something that I have become more and more aware of over the years of practicing both the physical and mental practices of yoga, meditation, things like that. I am so much more 
aware of how my body is when something feels a little bit out of place what how I should move to try and counteract that discomfort which is which is great which is great but then with the um, emotional and mental side it's like you know particularly when you're an anxiety sufferer this happens quite regularly and I just feel like it's been heightened by the practices that I've done through yoga and meditation that I will be having a anxious or depressive experience I will be feeling it in my body but my mind will be looking at it objectively I did get into a habit for a period of time as putting myself down but I have now managed to shift from that at least and I'm shifting towards being more self-compassionate about it but still you're looking it's like you step out of your body and you look at yourself having the experience and then you well it depends on which way you go sometimes because of the anxiety, I overanalyze the experience. And other times I'm able to look at it from a more non-judgmental view uh, as um, someone who's practiced yoga uh, and be able to help myself. But you do just become more aware of your emotions, your mental state, your physical state, both good and bad. It's not always bad. Like you will you will notice times when you genuinely feel joy and you, you might even feel like you want to say it out loud. It's, it, do you know what it's like? It's like if you've ever been drunk and you say to all your friends, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're in my life. I appreciate you. But it only ever really comes out when you're drunk because of the way that alcohol makes you feel. And, um, you know, you're typically when you're drinking alcohol, you're doing something fun. Now imagine having the confidence in the sense to say that to your friends when you're sober. Now, maybe for some cultures this isn't a weird thing, but for British and Australian cultures, or at least they're, they're the two that I grew up with, and probably um probably more British. You know, it's not it's not easy to express your feelings, good feelings in that way, because one, it's hard to express them, and two, it's also difficult for people to receive them. So you do become a little bit more aware of the goodness as well. So that's a benefit. But yeah, just sort of just be aware that if when you start practicing yoga and meditation, if you start to notice things like this, then that's good. Maybe, maybe that's your path to spiritual enlightenment. Who knows? So if yoga isn't these stereotypes, then how does punk rock yoga challenge them? Well, as I mentioned, yoga became commercialized in, well, probably from the 70s, to be honest, but it really boomed in the 90s and the noughties. And we all know what happens when something becomes commercialized, particularly in the health and wellness arena. With punk rock yoga, it kind of helps to keep that rebellious spirit alive challenging these stereotypes head-on it's about individuality authenticity and empowerment it's not about the expensive gear or achieving the perfect pose it's about your journey and your practice so you don't need to be listening to punk or be a punk to incorporate these principles into your own yoga practice first just ditch the idea that you need an ex you need expensive gear or a certain body type to practice yoga second remember that yoga is about connecting with your body and your mind not about how you look and finally embrace the do-it-yourself spirit adapt the poses to suit your body and your comfort level rather than striving for perfection punk rock yoga is more than just a practice it's a lifestyle just as the fundamental practices of yoga are it's about body awareness and mental well-being.
That's it for this week's episode. Join me next week when we look at the mental health benefits of punk shows. If you've been enjoying this video, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and until the next video, peace and punk. Thank you.